Hey, well, it's an awesome privilege again for Vicky and I to be here and excite. We feel like we're coming home when we come into the family here. And uh, for those who may not have met us, Vicky and I have spent most of our lives ministering in the little community of Moirewa. Um, the last three or four three years, we've been more involved with itinerant ministry and just strengthening leaders around the whole of the North region here, um, right across all the different church groups and, and all of God's beautiful big family and all the different expressions and just building and strengthening the kingdom of God. And uh, we are always, it's always such a warm um, blessing and privilege for us just to be here and just thank you Paul and Ruth, thank you Reuben and Harmony, thank you the team here. Um, Thank you so much for having us, and we just love being here. Well, last week, um, for those of you who may have been here and heard Sophia um, speak on He Is, and that is the theme for the month, He Is. Um, uh, and what a great theme. And, and Sophia did such a great job of taking some of the, um, or, or a number of the names of God from the Old Testament and explaining their meanings and applying them to life. And there's wonderful things that you can learn about the nature of God, about the character of God, from right through the whole of the Scripture. And so um, Sophie also connected that to her life journey and the various points where the Lord had revealed himself to her in such a beautiful way. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, after the tragic events of, of, in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis, where Adam and Eve fell out of fellowship with God and out of relationship with God, right through the Old Testament, we have ongoing glimpses of the character and nature of God as he again seeks to reestablish relationship with his creation. Man is the, mankind is the pinnacle of the creation. And this was God's greatest masterpiece, as you and I. And, and the tragedy of, of the book of Genesis is that loss of connection with the Creator God. And uh, right through that old um, covenant period, we see God seeking to reestablish the connection. He's constantly revealing Himself in, in various ways. And so we have those beautiful names of God where He reveals Himself as healer, as, as, the, as the God of peace, as the God of, um, of provision, as the God who is the great shepherd. Um, he reveals himself right through that old covenant period. And uh, it's really the Old Testament in your Bible is the account of God working with mankind while he's in a fallen state, seeking to reveal himself and seeking to um, bring understanding back to mankind. And so we do get some wonderful insights into his character and amazing qualities. Um, but despite, you know, the miracles, the victories, the wonderful things that we see in the Old Testament, um, amazing things, barren women conceiving, men and women who won great victories and liberated whole groups of people. However, because of this fatal break in relationship from the Garden of Eden, uh, all that was, God was able to do was work within the context of this fallen humanity. He could never um, fully um, gain relationship back with his creation. 
back with his with mankind. And so while there were pinnacles of great discovery of what God was like, there was an inability for mankind to live that out. You know, despite the growing knowledge of what God was like and what he required of man, few were able to reflect him in any significant way. There were some wonderful men and women in the old covenant, and, and I don't want to um, minimize that. But they could never reach the place that God intended for us to be. It was always uh, flawed. It was always partway there. And so often, um, man's creation, or God's creation, man, rejected his messengers at times. And um, they, they never were able to live in what God had intended for them. The law was given as a blueprint to show us how to live, but it also revealed that we couldn't do it. <laughs> and that was part of his purpose, was reveal that no matter how many laws and, and, and regulations were, were, were brought and, 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 and um, man was supposed to live by, they never could. And so um, there was a knowledge of God but it could never be lived out. It could never be fully expressed in, in how it was meant to be. But God the Father still had an ultimate plan to reveal what he is really like. And at the appointed time, enter Jesus. Here in, 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 the, in the birth of Jesus, we have the most remarkable story of all of history. In the, in the birth of Jesus Christ, we have the, the uncreated incarnate God taking on a human body and coming down and living among us. Why did he do that? He did that for two reasons. This was his ultimate plan to show us what he was really like. This was his ultimate plan to show us what he was really like. And when Jesus comes onto the scene, we begin to see in the life of Jesus for the first time ever in history, the full expression of what God is like. And I, you know, one of the things that I suppose I carry in my heart with, with a lot of feeling is this, that um, when we look at Jesus, we see what God is like. If you want to know what God the Father is like, we just look at Jesus. Everything you see in the life of Jesus is the fullest expression of what he is like. And so in Hebrews 1, uh, chapter 1, we read these verses, and I'm just sorry I haven't got them up on the big screen today, but if you've got a Bible, you might want to turn there. It says that God, who in various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he's appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he himself had purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. There's some wonderful things here. First of all, it tells us that God did speak under that old covenant. He did speak to the fathers in various ways and in various different times by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. 
Jesus is the last word. He's the final picture of God's reconnection and revelation of what He is really like. It says that He is the express image of His person. In other words, express image means the exact likeness in every detail and in the finest possible way. The Greek word is uh, character, character, which means the exact, exact likeness. Nothing could be closer to Father God than what we see in Jesus. If we would use an English expression, we would say the real McCoy. Jesus is it. You can't get anything more exact than Jesus. And if we were to use Māori, we would say tūturu. Jesus is the tūturu expression of the Father. There's nothing any more exact than Jesus. And He is the exact expression. So all the previous revelation of God was partial and incomplete. And whatever God looked like prior to Jesus was in the context of the loss of that relationship that had been lost in the garden. And so God was working with mankind in the context of the fall. But when Jesus comes, it all changes. It all changes. And Jesus reveals to us the full likeness of what God is like. And so um, what you believe about God, and this is a very, very key statement this morning, if you want to write something down, what you believe about God absolutely determines your response to life, how you live, and how you interpret every circumstance of life. And I want to say this to you. You know that every one of us in our journey of life has gained a picture of what God is like. And so um, in my journey, and just like as Sophia was sharing last week, all of you have been marked by moments of discovery of, of God revealing himself to you. You've also been marked by the teachings and the things that you've learned about God along the way. Some of them from television programs that were not honoring to God. Some of them through um, the relationships you've had with people who, who, who had the name Christian but perhaps didn't live a lifestyle that that brought honor to God. You've been marked by the disappointments and by life's experiences as we've all on our journey with God. All of these things have helped form the picture that I've had of what God is like. And I want to really say to you today, and this is really the heart of what I want to share with you today, that because of our life journey, all of us, usually, mostly, have a deficient picture of what Father is really like. And the only way that we can really get a true picture of, G of, of the Father and of God is to focus on the life and teachings and ministry of Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that can recalibrate your heart to see what He is, what He really is. I love the song that Chris Tomlin sings. He wasn't the author of it, but he, he, he sings a beautiful song. When I heard this song, I, I thought, this so expresses my heart. He said, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. 
I've heard that, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide. But I know we're all searching for answers only you can provide. Because you know just what we need before we say a word. You see, all of life will tell us things about the character of God sometimes that are not true. He's a good, good father. He is a good, good father, Ty. He's amazing. Didn't you love Ty's testimony this morning? That's so good. I want to tell you that if, you, if, if we f- draw our picture of what God is like, from the circumstances of life, you will always end up with a picture of God that is never the true picture. He's amazing. He's amazing, Tony. He's so amazing. He's so incredible. You know, my life journey has just been one experience after another of realizing that the God I first believed in was, well, put it this way, now what I see is so amazing. I'm more in love with him. I more want to follow him. I more want to be around him. I more want to experience him than ever before. Because the God that I see in the face of Jesus Christ is the most remarkable person, the most remarkable, unexplainable. I remember hearing, and I actually looked for it on the internet, but I couldn't find it, but I I think the man was Dr. Herbert Lockyer. He was an Afro-American um, doctor of theology. And at a conference one time, he got up and he spoke about what God was like. For five or seven minutes, he just, he just, he just said what Jesus was like. Just phrase after phrase after phrase. And he just sat there like, going, wow. And then he said at the end of it all, he said, I wish I could tell you what he was like. And I, I wish I could explain him to you. I wish I could reveal him in, in all his beauty and fullness. Because if you could see him, you would fall in love with this Jesus and you would follow him for, with all of your heart, with all of your life. You would, you would, you would so want him. You know, I... A couple of years ago, three or four years ago, I was looking out the, the window of the church down in Moira and across at the BP service station, and I saw the guys come in, you know, who, 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 um, who, who set the pumps, you know, to make sure you're getting your full litre. You know, when you, when you pay for your gas and you put that thing in your car, you know, the pump nozzle in your car and you fill it up and you go inside, you just presume that you got 35.7 litres if that clock tells you that. But I want to just tell you some good news. There's some independent guys um, from the government who go around and check them every few months and make sure. And I'm glad about that. And they call that calibrating the pump. Calibrated. Well, you know what? I found out God had to recalibrate my heart to what the real Jesus is really like, to what the real God, what he is, what he really is. Had to be recalibrated because every time I prayed and something didn't work out the way I thought it should, I'd go, ah, He's not as good as it says. 
and I started to form pictures of God by experience. But I tell you, if you start to form your pictures of God by your experiences of life, you will always end up with a deficient picture. And so what I say now is what he says is truth. What he says is the real thing. If my experience doesn't match it, it will. It will. It will. Just give it time. Just I'm going to keep staying with that truth because whatever doesn't match up, it will. It will. It will. But if I settle for my experience level and say, no, no, God's not going to do that. God can't do that. God doesn't do that anymore. Then that's what I'm going to have. But I love the words that Jesus spoke to a man who came and he said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to see, Lord. And he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And so as long as we hold faith in what the Bible says he is, that's what we're going toward. And that's what's going to be manifesting in us. And I want to tell you, as I live out my life, I'm getting a few years on now. The more I go after him, the more I experience what he says is, my, is his reality. And so I'm being recalibrated day after day. And, uh, you know, we need a completely pure, untainted, clear picture of what God is really like. And we've got it in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus began his ministry, he instantly came into conflict with the existing thinking, behavior, and belief system of those who thought they knew God. And um, Jesus was gladly and fully accepted by the poor, by the untaught, because they were able to connect to him very, very quickly. They were conscious of their failure and sin. And sometimes people in failure and sin are more able to open themselves to a creator, loving God, than we who have been on the path for a long time. But Jesus, um, God perfectly revealed in human form, um, he revealed himself, but he was unrecognized. And I love Thomas the disciple. Don't you love Thomas? He came to Jesus and he said, um, in John 14, um, Jesus says this. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father. But also from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, sorry, it wasn't Thomas, it was Philip. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. Show us God, and that'll be enough. We'll really get it then. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the good works. Believe me, I'm in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. The nature of God, His will for mankind, and His heart for the oppressed, the lonely, the poor, the broken, were all expressed perfectly in Jesus. Every glimpse of God um, that we had in the old covenant is fully revealed in Jesus Christ. So whatever and whoever has shaped your picture of what God is like must all come to the foot of the cross and acknowledge that Jesus is the perfect expression of the Father. You know, throughout the years I see um, you know, beautiful believers, part of the family of God, lose their relationship with the Lord because they were hurt or they were disappointed or something didn't work out. I've seen people walk away from God because 
they believed for something and it didn't happen. And you know what? Um, I've come to see that if we base our, our picture of what he is like on anything less than Jesus, we may, we may be sidetracked and miss the real goal of what he has for us. And so the life-changing transformations keep flowing into my life as I keep my eyes on Jesus. And Jesus said this, he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Jesus will set you free in every way possible. The most difficult thing of all is that many books and messages spoken and books written, often by sincere believers, arrive at the wrong conclusions. And they're not reflective of Jesus, based out of experience rather than holding truth until it comes to pass. You know, I've, I've said to people a number of times, I believe in physical healing. I believe it's in the atonement on the cross. I believe God's will for every believer is to be healed. Do we see everybody healed? Not yet. Not yet. And I say not yet because I believe it's our inheritance and I believe the more we go after it, the more we'll see it. And I said to Vicky and I've said to people as I come in contact with them, if I die of a sickness, don't believe it wasn't the will of God to heal me. It was, I just didn't break through. All right? It's still His will. And I'll always believe that. I know it's His will. But we're in a battle to see the full manifestation of the kingdom. And so Jesus said of himself, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. You can have a lot of fun with the seven I am's. But Jesus basically claimed, I'm God. You're looking at the Father. What he is like, here it is. Here it is. This is the full expression of it is. And this is the thought that I have from this, those seven I am passages. He said, I am. Jesus said, I am. When the Pharisees said, who are you? He said, I am. Before Abraham was born, I was there, I am. He said, really, in unveiled terms, really, I am God in human form. You know what, church? When we are convinced that he was who he said he is, when we say, you are, he says, I am, and we say, you are, you are, you are, the world will say, he is, he is. When we believe the I am, that is who he says he is, when we say, Lord, you are, and our testimony is he is, he is, he is, who he says he is, he is. He is faithful. He is, he is everything to me. Then the world will say he is. And just in closing, I've got a few minutes left. The best news of all. This is the best news of all. I'm not trying to be a Christian at all. When Jesus died and rose again, took my old life to the cross, took up residence inside of me. Why would I try and be patient when I've got the perfect patience of Jesus living inside of me? 
Why would I try and be um, anything um, when the perfect life of Christ came to take up residence in me? Do you know, living the Christian life is all about believing that this amazing God dwells inside of you. If you've received Him into your life, then it says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Christian life is not me trying to be like Jesus. It's Jesus being himself inside of me. Isn't that good? This is not religion. This is not more do's and don'ts. This is not a whole bunch of rules to keep. This is the, the creator God dwelling inside this human body, living his life out. And whenever something comes out of my life that's not Jesus, and occasionally it does, put enough pressure on any one of us, we can let something release that's not that life of Christ. I don't have a pity party. I just go, well, I'm not surprised. I know that old man's not too good. If I give him any space at all, he'll bring out some rubbish. <laughs> and I just say, thank you, Jesus, that when I felt that anger rise, I'm not surprised, but I thank you that you are my self-control. You are my peace. You are my patience. You are my goodness. You are my everything. And I thank you that you're inside of me. And I'm going to agree with your word that the you inside of me is more powerful than anything else on this earth. For you died for me. And my life is hidden in you. And now my life, my very life is Christ. My very life is Him inside of me. Wow, this is good stuff, church. This is the good stuff. This is not about rules, regulations, and these and those. This is about the creator of the universe living inside of you. His life being your life. So good. The more we get to know Him, the more we walk with Him. He's at work, church, in us. We're changed, not by trying to do, but by simply believing Jesus Christ is everything in me. That my old life went to the cross, now He is my life. Hallelujah. We're changed by believing and holding on to His Word. We're changed by agreeing with what God says, not with what I see happening around me. I want to say, if you could see Jesus, um, and, I, and my life journey is about little by little seeing more of the beauty of Christ. The more I see, the more I want, the more I experience, the more I love it. The more I, man, I'm not going anywhere but after Jesus. <laughs> as long as I live. Because there's nothing, that, there's nothing that can replace that. The joy, the peace, and all of that. You know, every one of us can experience that. It's not for a special few. It's for every believer to experience this fullness. For every believer. And this morning, um, you can begin, if you haven't already, if you haven't already, you can begin your very own relationship with this God, with this amazing Creator God revealed in Jesus Christ. You can open your heart today, surrender your life to Him, and invite Jesus into your life. 
and your life will be forever changed. You can experience this transforming power inside of you, healing your pain, fixing those areas that have been bruised and broken and damaged by life. Um, keep becoming your best friend ever. Jesus, my best friend ever. Setting you free from fear, anger, jealousy, whatever imprisons you. This is the God who created you, living inside of you, revealing himself in all his beauty. Becoming your life, not religion, not rules, but a flow of supernatural life. Jesus himself inside of you.